listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Six Figure Dog Business is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code SFDB10, SFDB, the number 10, and get 10% off any order, no minimum, at Petco.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Now, this is the show where we teach you how to start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year profit. Now, today on the show, I'm really excited because we've got a guest that, if you listen to what she's got to say, can really help you take your business to the next level. And so when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Kira Sundance. So stay right with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Six Figure Dog Business is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash SFDB to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And uh, today on the show with us, I'm really excited because we've got a great guest that has had some amazing success in the publishing world, and it's Kira Sundance. Thanks so much for being on the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ty. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you've had some great success in the in the publishing industry. You've had great success, you know, in, in your dog career in general, but in the publishing industry, you've done some amazing things. And so, before we get started, why don't you just give us a brief background? I'm sure a lot of people know who you are, but for those that don't know who you are, why don't you give us a background of who you are, what you've done, some of your books that you've got out there and products you've got out there, and, and just who is Kira Sundance? Sure, Ty. Now, I have two Weimar honors, and I started years ago in the world of competitive dog sports. Um, through that, it led me into what I do now, which is professional stunt dog shows. So we do live shows, sort of trick dog shows at professional sports halftimes, corporate events, fairs, 
private parties, stuff like that. So they're, you know, 30-minute live sort of acrobatic shows. From there, I started writing books, and I now, my fifth book is coming out now, and I have two DVDs. The books are a lot on dog tricks, dog training, dog training philosophy. Um, My first book was very popular. The first book was called 101 Dog Tricks, and true to its name, it actually shows you step-by-step with photos how to teach your dog each of those 101 dog tricks. That book has had a lot of success. It's actually an international bestseller and has been translated into 15 languages now. And between all of my books and DVDs, I think there have been about a half million products sold. Wow, that's that's really impressive. Now, I know with some of your books, some of your books are bestsellers, correct? Yeah. What earns the title of bestseller? I mean, what kind of plateaus do you have to hit for that to happen? You know, it's a little bit arbitrary. There are some countries like Germany that actually have set figures. You know, according to law, you have to sell so many in order to call it a bestseller. Other countries such as America, there really are no. It's sort of up to the publisher and the publishing industry. Okay, gotcha. And so what are some of the titles of books that you've done? 101 Dog Tricks, followed up by a similar book called 51 Puppy Tricks, which is tricks especially for puppies. I did a book called The Dog Tricks and Training Workbook, which is a curriculum-based hardcover book that comes with a DVD, and that's meant for people to write in the book. I also did a hardcover with Simon & Schuster, which is standard dog training philosophy, just a black and white, all text, no photos. And then my newest book coming out in a couple weeks is called 101 Ways to Do More with Your Dog. So that book features every imaginable dog sport and dog activity. And where are people going to be able to get that book? All the books are available wherever books are sold. So, you know, Barnes & Noble and all kinds of bookstores are also available in all PetSmart stores. Okay, excellent. And so... Now, you've done, you've done books, you've done DVDs. Do you have a preference? I mean, one that you like better than the other? Do I have a preference? You know, the nice thing about DVDs is that, you know, there's a little bit of prep time, but then you shoot for three days and it's done. It's out of your hands. Somebody else does the editing and the packaging and puts the whole thing together and you don't see it again until it comes out on the shelf. Whereas a book is just a much longer drawn out process and you end up putting in many more hours into a book. I would think so, yeah, because a book, you got to sit down, you got to write that, you got to take all the pictures. DVD is just, the reason I ask is because, yeah, I publish a lot of video and I publish a lot of uh, audio, or, I'm sorry, um, printed word as well. All of mine is digital, not print. And, uh, and yeah, I'll take video any day over actually sitting down and writing something. And so, well, that's great. Now, let me ask you, are there different price points? I mean, because uh, sometimes I know that DVDs have a higher perceived value. So while it's easier to do them and the fulfillment costs are sometimes less, sometimes you can sell them for more. It, it, has that been the case with your product line? or? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's much higher profit margin with a DVD because they're so inexpensive to produce and they sell for you know $10, $15 versus a book. The cost of paper and printing and shipping and warehousing a book is very expensive. So the profit margin is much smaller on that. But, you know, Ty, the industry is just changing really fast right now. And nobody, including the publishers, really knows where the high profit sales are going to come from in the next five years because we've got ebooks coming out now and we've got mm-hmm. 
digital delivery of the videos now, which is just going to change everything on how things are, you know, we no longer need to warehouse them and ship them and store them and you get immediate delivery of these products. So we're all kind of watching that industry really close to see to see which direction we should turn. Sure. Are your products offered right now on, on like the Amazon Kindle and other, you know, digital readers like that? You know, two of my books are on Kindle right now. But aside from the one hardcover book that I have, the rest are very photographic and designed books. So they're they're beautiful, I almost want to say coffee table books. And that format my publisher felt didn't translate well or easily into an ebook format. So they were kind of holding off a little bit longer. I tend to disagree. I tended to want to push ahead with it, but they're being a little more cautious than I would like to be. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Well, like I said, you've had some really amazing success in the publishing field. And uh, I'm always pushing, you know, the, the clients that I consult with in the pet industry, I'm always pushing them to, to create product. Yeah. Because us in the pet industry, for those of us who are trainers, dog groomers, pet sitters, dog walkers, in those lines of work, our income is limited by the amount of time we have in the day. And so that's where years ago I started publishing a lot of digital products and that's right you know I found you publishing a lot of hard good products and when you're publishing things like this your your income can just skyrocket because now it's no longer dependent on the time in the day is that why you got into it or, or what was kind of your motivation to get into publishing you know you're you're absolutely right Ty I mean you, you put in the work up front and you know the work to write the book is a you know several months six month period or something that you're kind of working on it but once the book is out there you just sit back and royalties come in every year and what I've started doing is I've been putting out a book a year for the past five years so then, as long as the books stay on the shelf and they're selling okay, that really starts to accumulate and you're getting royalties from not just one book now, but from five books. So that's where it really starts to become uh, lucrative. Excellent. And so this is the type of expertise that I want to drain out of you today and, and present to our listeners. And so let me ask you first off, what are the types of things that are being published in the pet industry? I mean, for, for the person listening to this show right now, they might not even have any clue of, of, of what to write about or what videos to shoot. What's being published? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's always tough. It's always a little bit of a crapshoot. Basically, if you think of the, the population like a pyramid and the people at the bottom of the pyramid, which is the most people, are going to be your novice people. And then there's you have a little smaller audience once you get into the more advanced techniques and, and a really small audience once you get into sort of the pinnacle, the really advanced techniques. So if you want to hit your widest audience, you're going to go for sort of the, the more novice pet owner, the first time pet owner. That's why you see a lot of those books in the pet store, which is just your basic how to potty train a dog, how to you know crate train a dog, all that basic kind of stuff. Um, so that's always going to be popular. Other than that, I'd say the trend right now, there's a lot of stuff on really treating your pet like a part of the family, which includes positive reinforcement training, you know, techniques that are really going to highlight that. Gourmet food, knitting sweaters for your dogs, um, those kind of, you know, <laughs> this kind of, what do you call it, like yuppie topics or something like that. Those are, sure. those are doing really well. Otherwise, novelty. The market is always looking for a novel idea. So, for example, there's a book that just came out on nose work for your dog, smelling games for your dog. Oh, that's interesting. We haven't seen a book on that before. And the market kind of goes for that. So if you can think of a fresh idea, that's always popular. Okay. Now, you're, you're obviously in the trick market, you know, teaching people to do tricks with their dogs and their puppies. How would you categorize that? Is that novelty? Is that yeah. uh, for the novice owner? I mean, where would you put that? 
Yeah, I'm going to say novelty. And you're going to hit people buy books on impulse. They really do. They may go into the bookstore with the intention of buying, you know, I need to potty train my dog. I need to something. But they end up purchasing on impulse. And I call it the 10 second rule, which is that they browse the shelves and still most of the book sales are done in brick and mortar stores. They're not done online. Vastly most of them are done in brick and mortar. So they'll go into a store And they do about 10 seconds per book. They're going to take your book off the shelf, open it up in the middle, and glance at it. And so within 10 seconds, you have to hit them with a compelling photo and with a digestible format that they can understand what's going on. A lot of books make the mistake of trying to make the format of the book too complex and different things going on. People have 10 seconds to understand what that format of the book is and to go, okay, I could do this. So really keep it simple. Excellent. Okay. And so a lot of people listening to this might be saying to themselves, well, I don't have any novelty skills. I don't know how to train my dogs to track with their nose. I don't know tricks very well, but I do know how to house train a dog. I do know how to do basic obedience, advanced obedience. And so that's where you're saying that's more for the novice owner. Is somebody getting into this right now, are they going to go to the bookstore and see that there's already 10 books on potty training? Is there more room in the market for another book on potty training or another book on puppies or whatever it might be? That's a great question, Ty. I'm glad you asked that. There are, when I do a proposal for my publisher, one of the questions that I have to answer on the publisher is what other similar books are already out there on this topic? And why is your book better than any of the other books out there? And you've got to be able to answer that book because they're not going to publish a book that's not better than anything else already out there. And the reason they won't publish it is that it won't sell. Mm-hmm. And many books just sell at the mediocre level and that's really not going to make you money unless your book is like a hit seller then it's not worth doing it so you want to don't just write another book that somebody has already done really think about what can you do that's better than anyone else even if it's a niche item you have a special way of you know grooming dogs or a special way of working with a certain breed of dog or a special little game or something that you've developed that you can do better than anyone else and that's what you want to hit and now I'm guessing that a lot of this is just marketing and packaging, right? Because, you know, for example, I sell a product on potty training, and I do it in a way that I believe is different, but there's not a ton of variety. Well, I guess there could be, but, uh, but sometimes it's just a matter of what we call it. You know, it's our super formula for potty training, or it's our 14-day no-frills method for fixing aggression, or whatever the case might be. Do you see that in the industry, that it's just packaging and marketing? You know, the title of the book is really important. My hardcover book is called The Dog Rules, The 14 Secrets to Developing a Dog You Want. So, you know, who's not going to buy that book? You're like, oh, The 14 Secrets to Developing the Dog I Want. (laughs) So don't, don't underestimate that title. Well, yeah, and it's very definable. There's 14 of them, and it's very, uh, you know, there's some mystery involved. Ooh, these are secrets. What can I do? And so, yeah, that's great. And so so what you're saying, though, is if, if you come at it from a different perspective, maybe it's the same topic that's been rehashed over and over, but you come at it from a slightly different topic, call it something a little bit different, package yeah. it a little bit different, as long as the market, you know, the market size is big enough to digest another one of these books is what you're saying. Well, and, you know, the publishing world is always looking for something new. New is always better than old. So things have a shelf life, and there's, if there's already a great potty training book on the market that's been out there for 10 years, the market will jump on something new. So 
lot of times you just want to hit it from that new angle, give it sort of a fresh look and a fresh design and use sort of fresh concepts in there and that'll do well. Okay. Hey, can you give us a two-minute snapshot into your process for, for research? Because you mentioned that when you're going to your publisher, and here in a second I want to talk about how to find that publisher, but uh, when you're going to your publisher with an idea that you've already done market research, what's a two-minute snapshot into how you do that? Yeah, you know, one of the tools I use a lot is the Amazon best-selling sales ranking. So you can look at the Amazon bestsellers sort of, you know, under the pets category and just see what people are buying right now. Are they going for that gourmet kind of dog food stuff? Are they going for the high-end stuff? Are they looking for discipline and real, you know, training solutions? You kind of get a feel for that. Secondly, I'm going to say talk to a lot of average people. You know, us as, as uh, pet professionals All of our friends tend to know a lot about pets and about training and stuff, but that doesn't represent the average community. Talk to your hairdresser, talk to the the checkout girl at the supermarket, and just kind of listen to what they have to say about their own pets. Okay, excellent. Well, good. Well, uh, we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, I want to get into your head about what it's going to take now that I've got a concept, I've researched it, I've got my book ready or about to be ready. How do I find that publisher? So, folks, stay with us. We're going to come right back with Kira Sundance. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Six-Figure Dog Business is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care RX offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings of up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com, use promo code SFDB10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com. Greetings, human. What planet? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Live 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back, and in our last uh, segment, we were talking with Kira Sundance, who is a major author, you've been published a number of times, got several books on the market, several DVDs on the market, and we were talking about how this happens and how to research it. Now, this is kind of the, the golden question that, uh, that people have when they're trying to get their concept or their idea published. How do you find a publisher? Now, that's kind of a broad question, so let me ask you this first. What do I need before I go looking for a publisher? Do I need the book done, or do I just need a concept? No, you don't want to have the book done, unless you're doing fiction, but I'm assuming we're talking about nonfiction here. You want a proposal, and the proposal is no more than three pages. A paragraph about you and why you're an expert, a section on what the book is, and then a section on why this book is going to sell, why it's better than anything else on the market, why the market needs this book, and what's great about your book. That's all you want to give them, just that that three pages. And so you're not getting heavy into, well, here's this competitor's book, and it sold this many, and it was published by this publisher, and and that type of thing. You just want to get to the nitty-gritty, here's who I am, this is what I've got, this is why it's better. Yeah, well, you do want to mention that the other books that are similar to yours and uh, the publisher will actually, they have more tools to be able to check the sales figures for those. So they'll know if this is a topic that sells well or not. And yeah, you do want to be in the realm of a topic that sells well. If you're doing a super niche area and they look up the sales figures and say, nobody's interested in that topic, then that's not going to go over well. Gotcha. Okay. And so now I've got my three pages. They're very well written. What do I do next? Okay, next you want to look for a publisher. So a good way to do that is to just look around, look on Amazon at other books that are selling well that are similar to the book that you want to do. So that would be another pet book because not all publishers publish pet books that is designed nicely and that does well. And then you want to contact that publisher. Now on the publisher's website, they often have a call for entries and say that they're looking for specific books. We're looking for a book on, you know, pet clicker training or for knitting a dog sweater or something like that. But if they don't have your exact topic, then you want to just cold call that publisher and ask about submitting your proposal. Okay. And so I just talk with anyone there and I say, hey, I've got this proposal. How do I go about submitting it? And they'll give me details. Yeah. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to be paired with an acquisitions editor and that editor is going to have to go to bat for your book. So they will end up having an editor's meeting with, you know, a whole room full of editors. And that one editor is going to have to say why they should publish your book. So that's where your proposal really comes in handy because you want to give her all the tools that she needs to convince this room full of people that that book is going to sell. So give her that punchy copy. Give her the figures that you've got. You know, Give her some photos if you have it. Any tools that you can give her to help sell this book. Excellent. Okay. Now let me back up a step. Do I need a literary agent to do this for me or can I do it myself? Great question. For the smaller publishers and the the vast majority of publishers, you can just contact them directly. If you want to go with one of the big publishers like Simon & Schuster, McGraw-Hill or something like that, they will not accept proposals from just people. They will only accept proposals from literary agents. A literary agent is a great thing to have. What happens with an agent is that you submit your proposal to the agent. 
They work with you, get that proposal really sharp. Then they take that proposal and they get competitive bids from publishers. So they will actually create little bidding wars between the publishers and get that price going up and up and up until you finally decide to take, you know, one of the highest bids or something there. Um, So that's a great option to go with. The difficult part is actually getting that literary agent because they will get a hundred emails a day from people who want to be represented by them. And they will only choose the ones that they feel have really potential. So you got to have your proposal, have everything really sharp and tight before you even approach a literary agent. Excellent. And so how would I do that? Would I just Google literary agents or is there another way to find them? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You can Google literary agents and there's a long list of them. And they have specialties. Each agent will have specialties. They deal in autobiographies or in memoirs or in pets or something like that. So you want to look for the ones that that deal with pets or that are in your industry. Other than that, you can kind of go with the bigger names. Or if you can get referrals from somebody, that's a big help because otherwise you're just looking through a list of names and you don't know what they mean. Okay, excellent. And so so now I've done my diligence. I've worked with an agent or I've done it myself. And obviously, the only way I'm going to get this published is to have that great pitch, that great information. Let's say I do, and they they greenlight it. Let's go ahead. Let's make this. What's the next thing in the process? Excellent. Then you're going to work with your editor. You're going to create an outline. The next deliverable is usually, you know, your first chapter you turn in and then your first quarter of a book and they sort of keep tabs on you that whole way as it progresses. Now, one thing I want to caution the listeners about through this process is you will be working closely with an editor and you need to have a strong sense of your own book because it's very easy to get influenced by the editor and by the publishing company and have that book turn in a different direction that you didn't intend. They don't always know better. Contrary to what people think, publishing company doesn't necessarily know better than you. They don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know what sells. A great example of this I came across recently is I know a guy who's a terrific agility instructor. He wanted to write a, a book on dog agility, had his proposal, found a publisher, everything's great, he's going to write this book. Somehow through the process, the publisher said, well, agility is such a narrow topic, why don't you add some other dog sports, and why don't you add some things for the beginning dog owner, and why don't you add some training exercises. The book ended up getting so diluted that it wasn't an agility book anymore. Book came out and it flopped. That should have been a great book. The guy knew what he was talking about. He was an agility expert. If he had just stuck with what he wanted to do in the beginning, it would have been a great book. So really stay true to yourself on that. I I think often you're in the industry and you know what's going to work best. And so uh, am I typically, you know, let's say this happens, am I typically going to get a a signing bonus? I I know that's uh, what a lot of us think that, oh, you get a book deal, you get a a big check, you know, to start out (laughs) with. That's probably not going to happen, right? You know, it varies drastically on the deals that you're going to get. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, probable that you will get some sort of advance. It may be something small like $2,500, maybe $5,000, and that's an advance against your royalties. It's really good to try and get that up front, not specifically for the money, but because it shows a commitment by your publisher to that book. So you really want to get them on board with the book. Okay, excellent. And so now that I've done my book, is there any benefit in already having a following? I mean, already having a blog, already having a website, already having a name in the industry, 
can you do this being a no name or do you have to have kind of this built in audience that's already listening to what you're producing? You know, the great thing about going with a publisher versus self-publishing is that they've got all those people already in place that are going to work on the distribution. So they've got their sales team that works with the brick and mortar stores, with the Barnes and Noble and the Borders and the PetSmart, and they can get those books into those stores. So that's really that's really their job. You know, your job is to write a great book. Their job is to get it into the stores. Okay, excellent. And so what kind of money can be made? I'm not asking what you've made personally, but you know, what kind of money is made per unit sold or, you know, what's a mildly successful book going to bring or or a very successful book going to bring? What kind of numbers are we talking? You know, again, it's going to vary widely, but sort of standard if you do a hardcover book, standard is that your royalties would be like 10 to 15% of the cover price. So okay. for a $25 hardcover book, you would make about 250 to 375 per book. Okay. Paperback, okay. you generally get about half of that. And paperbacks sell for, for a little bit less. So you get about $1.50 or something per book. So from there, it's just going to depend how many it sells. Yeah, it's just going to depend how many it sells. Gotcha. Cause, you know, because all of us have read, uh, you know, articles about the Harry Potter book sold seven million copies. Obviously, you know, the chances of that happening with the dog training book are slim. What's a dog training book going to sell? I mean, is, is it going to be a thousand copies? Are we talking ten thousand, twenty thousand? You know, a, a successful book. What kind of numbers are we talking? I mean, you know, Cesar Milan, his books are are terrific sellers, and those have sold. I think one one single title has sold over a million. You know, my books all together have sold half a million. So, you know, and that's and I'm not like a terribly popular author or something, so that's achievable. Oh, excellent. Okay. And so, now I know a lot of people use books as kind of like a lead generation thing just to kind of build their name, but you're saying that, you know, if you have a couple just good titles out there, you can make some real real dollars with this. Yeah, I mean, and it's often the case that you don't make money with your first book, you make money with your second book. So the first book you put out there is really just to get your name out there and to be now a published author. So I'm going to say for your first book, just concentrate on making a great book, and that's going to help you pitch your second book. And on that second book is where you could really have some leverage and say, look, my first book's already selling. Now I want higher royalties. I want you know better distribution. I want more. Excellent. Okay. Now, you had mentioned that one of the benefits of going with a publisher is they've got promotion and distribution. Is a publisher going to expect you as an author to do a lot or a little when it comes to promotion? You know, more and more now it's resting on the author and more and more they're really asking the author to do the newsletters and the Facebook and the blogs and the websites. Um, They ask the author to do a lot of interviews, radio interviews and TV interviews and and write articles for the magazines and stuff like that. So they will set those up for you. They set up the interviews and stuff, but they're really asking for a time commitment from you. You know, and generally I'm I'm only too happy to do those kind of things. It's promoting your book, it's promoting yourself. So, you know, it doesn't really take that much time. So I have no problem with that. I'll tell you too that the days of the publisher really sinking a lot of money into promotion are kind of gone. I mean, back in the olden days, they used to throw big, you know, book release parties at, at uh-huh. hotels and, and, you know, the champagne kind of thing. Nobody does that anymore, not even for the big books. It's they really have trimmed their budget and they use it really just kind of where necessary. There's not a lot of extra cash flowing around. So they didn't have you do a, a huge party at a Beverly Hills hotel followed by a 40 city goodwill tour. None of that for you. 
Ty, I'll tell you, even with all my books, every time I call and I'd say, hey, there's this, you know, fundraiser. Can we donate books to this thing or whatever? They always kind of fight me on all <laughs> these things. Like, come on, you can spare that money. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I imagine that, you know, the industry is getting tighter and tighter and so much more competition with digital delivery. And and uh, yeah, I can see where I could, you know, <laughs> where publishers going to have to be a little bit stingy. But, well, that's excellent. So now... To finish up here, somebody listening, I hope people have been taking notes because there has been you know, a very clear checklist. Do this, do this, do this, do this. A very clear checklist. What are some pitfalls for somebody to avoid? You know, Just a couple pitfalls that along the way I made this mistake or I saw this mistake made. What are you going to tell our people to avoid doing? Okay, well, number one, write what you're an expert in. Don't try to write something and copy what somebody else has already done. Do something that you know better than anyone else. Number two, like I said, don't assume that your publisher knows better than you. Stay true to your concept. Don't try to be everything to everyone. Stick to your little niche there. Make it simple. Make it past that 10-second test in the bookstore. Don't try to go all different directions. People just want a simple book. Don't rely on your editors to clean up your work for you. You really have to take control and be a perfectionist and get everything as tight as you want it to be. And really just take ownership for the whole process. Don't, you know, this is your book and you need to make it perfect. Nobody else is going to care as much as you are. So if you don't make it perfect, nobody else will. Sure. Well, let me ask you this uh, one final question. How many um, were you able to luck out on your first publisher or how many publishers did you have to approach before you got a, a deal? Oh, Ty, you're going to hate me for saying this, but the first one fell into my lap. I actually, you know, I'd had a lot of success doing our, our live stunt dog shows. So I got a call out of the blue from a publishing company that said, hey, we'd like you to book for it. Yeah. So that's been one publisher I've stayed with for all of my heavily photographic books. However, that one Simon and Schuster book that was Dog Training Philosophy, that one I went through a literary agent and they did the whole bidding war thing and that was just a wonderful the, the literary agent is so worth their money in that process. I could never have gotten the price up as high as they were able to get it. Oh well, great. Well I was hoping to get this inspirational story of, you know, I, I walked uphill <laughs> both ways in the snow and contacted four hundred and eighty three publishers before one finally said yes, but you know, but no, Ty, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Ty, some things are just incredibly hard, and some things just drop into your lap. I've just kind of learned that in life. <laughs> you know, it's hard to predict sometimes. Gotcha. Well, you know what I found is uh, by doing the work, by building your expertise, those opportunities are much easier to fall into your lap. And so, it's not luck. It's not you know, good fortune. It's all the, the work you did ahead of time. I mean, you already doing some really great things in the industry. And so had you not been doing that, of course, nobody would have showed up at your door and said, hey, here's a book deal well, for it, you. So it builds on each other, Ty. I mean, you do one thing and then the next thing is going to come easier and the next thing is going to come easier. So that's that's probably the best thing about doing a book is even if you're not making money on that first book, now you're a published author. Now you've got credibility in that field and the next thing's going to come and the next thing's going to come. Well, excellent. Like I say, Kira, I'm so appreciative because anybody listening could take this, and I don't care if you're a pet sitter, a dog walker, dog trainer, pet groomer, whatever you are, anybody can take this formula that you've just laid out for us of do this, this, and this, and uh, they're going to be so much further ahead in their efforts of getting a book published or getting their DVD out in the marketplace. And so thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, Ty, thanks for having me. And one quick thing, if people are interested in your new book that's coming out, 
if uh, people want to you know, book you for a performance or an event or just want to see what you're up to, how are they going to be able to find you? Oh, great. Well, my newest book is called 101 Ways to Do More with Your Dog, and it's already on pre-sale on Amazon. It releases on October 1st. And you can always check out my website, which is kira.com. That's K-Y-R-A. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ty. Now, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, just email me at ty at petliferadio.com or go to my website, sixfigurdogbusiness.com. Thanks so much for listening today, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.